A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is from my city, the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. She is a single parent of an amazing six-year-old boy named Levi. Once she learned that how was diagnosed with autism, she made it a priority to be an advocate, not just for her son, but for all kids and adults. Writing has always been her passion since she was 16 years old. Influenced by the love of superhero movies and her son, she created the adventures of Echo Boy and ABC Girl. Ladies and gentlemen, Shantae Douglas. Shantae, what's going on? Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. So uh, first and foremost, we are in, I think this is month two of this global pandemic. Uh, yes. How you been holding up so far? <laughs> Well, okay, so I got laid off from my job like oh, wow. three weeks ago, <laughs> and um, and as you said um, in the beginning, you know, I do have a son that has autism, so this has been extremely difficult for him because kids with autism they have um, they're so used to having a you know a routine and being mm-hmm. you know used to their schedule. So every day he's always asking, can I go to school? And he's asking about his friends. And it's so important for kids on the, on the spectrum to, you know, be social and be around other kids and just to kind of have it all flipped upside down. It, it's it was crazy. But on the, on top of the fact that I got laid off and that's the first time ever because I've been working since I was 16. And I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But I was very thankful that unemployment went through with no issues because I know a lot of people have been going through, you know, that issue right now because so many people have been laid off. Um, So I've just been extremely grateful. And it's a blessing that, you know, everything processed in time and, you know, I'm not behind on anything. And yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I can do and I can tell other people right now is just try to stay positive. I know it's just a crazy time for everybody, but you just got to stay positive. You know, don't watch the news as much, like just kind of pace yourself with that cuz that'll kind of keep creating more panic and more fear and more you know, it's just not good for your mental health. So, right. you know, I um and speaking of being you know, laid off and this quarantine, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. I ended up writing two more books <laughs> oh, and wow. creating uh, four more characters. So at the top of 2021, I'll have a whole team of kids. Because um, when you were talking about, you know, how I was influenced, like when I go back to taking my son um, to go see um, Enter the Spider-Verse uh, with uh, Miles Morales, who was a mm-hmm. black kid. Well, he's half black and half Hispanic. Um, watching my son watch a kid that looks like him, you know, a brown kid with, you know, the the curly fro. And he's he's actually his favorite, you know, superhero. And I'm watching him being so intrigued by this character. And, you know, the movie's like an hour and 45 minutes long. And that's a lot for a six, seven-year-old. But he did that not is, move. Absolutely. And the really? whole time, yeah, like he didn't move. And like um, when I was sitting there, because a lot of times like if we're out, my son does a lot of stemming. And basically like what stemming is, is um, like with with people who are neurotypical, like we're able to regulate like when we're excited, when we're upset. And um, with kids and adults with autism, their brains are wired differently. And that's how I really try to explain it to people who don't really understand what autism is. It's like, it's not a deficit. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's really just their brain is wired differently. That's why like they're affected um, more deeply with 
sensory overloads. And um, going back to my son, when we were sitting in the movie theater, he was humming. And usually when he starts humming, that's really when he's like feeling it. Like wherever we're at, oh, really? he, he starts humming. Then I'm like, okay, he's really getting excited. So the yeah. whole time he was humming and like, I was trying not to get emotional, but like sometimes like I, I really get emotionally connected with movies and, and especially now becoming a parent and watching how your kids react to movies and how they get connected to something. Um, you know, you just feel that energy. And of course I was watching people kind of like staring at him and I had like this look on my face. Like if you want to say something, <laughs> you can very easily get up and move. Like he's not bothering anybody. Right, he's in his, he's in his element. Like, but um, yeah, that when I when I watched that, and especially Black Panther, and I know it sounds so cliche because of you know how people have said how Black Panther has influenced a lot of young kids, but it's the truth. Like, um, if you don't see yourself represented in any types of media, that could be movies, books, um, cartoons, or whatever, you know that that really influences kids and their brains are like sponges. So between those two movies, I, I was thinking like, cause I had already published like a couple of books before, just small books. It was books of poetry. Cause I was writing poetry before I decided to write a children's book. But my mm. dream was I wanted to create these characters that reflect kids that I see every day that I don't see often in children's books. And I said, well, I really should just make, a superhero character based off my son and take things that society would look as a deficit and turn it into his superpowers. So that's basically where I got Echo Boy from because my son has a speech disorder called echolalia, which basically is just like repeating things that you hear all the time. So I flipped it right. when I was writing everything about his character. I said, well, that could be, you know, like, um, one of his superpowers, if he hears something, he can repeat it like to the T. He could mimic whatever he hears. And yeah, so um, and I also want to shout out because every time I talk about this book and I get so excited when I talk about this book because I love this book to death. But I also want to shout out um, the illustrator, Reggie Byers. He's also in Philly. Um, he's been doing um, comic book work, illustrations for over 30 plus years. He's such a, uh, an amazing, amazing human being. And, you know, when you get that vibe with someone else who's creative and they believe in your vision just as much as you do, that's where you really create magic. And mm. when I was telling him, because I really didn't even write the book yet. Like I, I, I didn't have a manuscript. I didn't have anything. I just had like an idea. And I have a very overactive mind <laughs> once I start figuring out like what I want. And I, I started bombarding him with like how I wanted the characters to look. And um, he was like, well, what about a sidekick? And I didn't even think about that. I was so excited about, you know, I came up with this name. What do you think about Echo Boy? And I'm like, yeah, and this is going to be my son. So, you know, that's really easy. I can build a story around him. And I was like, oh, a sidekick. So kind of started thinking um, just what I didn't see and what I see in real life. And what I see in real life, I see a lot of little girls who have autism. And then I didn't see enough black little girls that are superheroes that have mm -hmm. autism. So, um, yeah, so basically... Um, and her name is ABC Girl. And why I picked ABCs is because literacy is so important um, for our kids, especially our black and brown kids. And if you right. have, you know, a little black girl who is empowered and she's strong and she's basically I put like my personality into her <laughs> because a lot of people <laughs> once they read the book, they would ask me, like, who is Jasmine? And that's her that's her name in the book. Her name is Jasmine. And I said, well, I like she was a real person. Yeah. So they were like, uh, do you know someone named Jasmine? I'm like, no, I totally just pulled her from my imagination. And if I had a daughter, that would probably be my child. <laughs> the very mm. outspoken, <laughs> very precocious little kid, you know, so she totally gets Levi in the book. That's her best friend. And she knows that he has a communication barrier. So she creates. Um, visual pictures from any letter of the alphabet. And she has a magic crayon that she'll write 
um, if she thinks of like, for example, like A, and she's thinking of like apples, she'll draw an apple and the picture of an apple will appear so that Levi knows, AKA Echo Boy, kind of knows what she's talking about because he's a visual learner too. So I really try to want to, you know, incorporate as much as um, real life things that I observe with my son into the book. So, um, and when those two get together, they help another little kid that's being bullied because I also wanted to kind of tie that in a little bit too, because it's so prevalent right now. I mean, it's always been around, but it seems like it's, it's increased a lot. Um, especially with this generation of kids, um, being bullied just for being different and with the climate that's going on in our, our country, not to get political or anything, you know, being different or differences are not being appreciated or celebrated um, in our country right now. So, you know, this was like a perfect opportunity to kind of not be preachy to kids. You still want to make it fun for them to read and also the parents to read it to their kids. Um, but just drop little jewels in there so that, you know, and and what's crazy is I'll have like a couple parents that will message me and be like, oh, there was a certain part that was just like, wow, like, what made you think about that? And I'm like, you know, when I'm in the moment and I'm writing is I don't really think about what the reaction is going to be when I put the book out. I just I'm just writing from the heart and I'm just being right. truthful and honest and never talk to kids like, you know, they're stupid because they're extremely smart. They're they know a lot more than, you know, adults will give them credit for. So that's how I kind of oh, yeah, wanted absolutely. to approach it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so now let, let me let me go back a little bit to um, the beginning of your writing journey. So okay. when, when did that passion when did you discover that passion for writing? Oh, man. It started when I was 15, my freshman year of high school. And I want to shout out my English teacher, um, Mrs. Stam, which, you know, me and her are friends on Facebook. So I always hit her up every once in a while. Like if I, you know, did an interview or something, I always tag her in it because I'm like, I always bring you up because you were kind of <laughs> like the jumping point. Because I didn't really think about writing or anything, which is kind of crazy um when I was in like elementary middle school or even junior high but when I got to high school it was just something about her that made English class so fun you know to be in because you know English was all about grammar and read this book and write a report on it or you know use use the um the vocabulary words and do this but she was always making the assignments so interesting and I remember one assignment that I did, she wanted us to use, you know, these vocabulary words, but she wanted us to do a creative writing. And I wish I had to say, I did actually save it and I kept it for a few years after high school and I'll be dating myself how long ago high school was, but that was uh, (laughs) 20 years ago. (laughs) But, um, oh my God, 20 years ago. Right. um, I didn't want to say nothing. But um, <laughs> so um, the reason I kept it was because of the comments she had wrote on this creative writing that I did. And she was just saying how, um, one, she really enjoyed what I wrote, but also the fact that um, I understood how to use those words to incorporate it into the story. So it didn't seem choppy, like, oh, OK, let me look up the word and what it means and then kind of write a sentence. She was like, it was very fluid how I was writing. But also it was what also influenced me with my writing was I had a crush on this guy back in high school and I wrote him <laughs> typical, <What>? teenager, <laughs> typical, typical teenager. I wrote him this, like, I don't even want to say a love letter. It was more like a, like a poem of saying like how much, like, you know, I'm feeling you. I like you. Damn. You know? A whole poem. Right. But I was scared to give it to him in person. So one of my homegirls was in one of his class. You know how like you kind of figure out everybody's scheduling while you're in high school. So I was like, can you give this to him? I know it's you want his stalking. English- <laughs> 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 listen, listen, we're not going to talk about it. That might incriminate me. We're not going to do that. But, um, <laughs> so I told her to give it to him and, you know, he read it, but was kind of like, 
I wasn't his type, whatever. I don't know. But anyway, but that kind of fueled me to keep writing because, you know, when you're a teenager, everything is over. Well, teenage girls, everything is overly emotional and everything's dramatic. So I was like, oh, my heart is broken. And let me just write (laughs) about my feelings. But over the years, it started to evolve with not just writing about things that were personal. Then it was like I started writing about things that I would see, you know, in society in general. Mm. And then um, I kind of stepped away from writing a little bit and then came back to it. Um, I want to say maybe a couple years before I had my son and I have a really big phobia of public speaking. So I made myself go to an open mic. And I had wrote a poem. It was actually, matter of fact, it was, um, forgot where the place was. It was downtown and they had like a specific topic to write about. So, you know, I wrote a poem that was kind of like towards what that topic was. I forgot what it was, but I made myself get up in front of like 40, 45 people and read this poem. And even though I was like terrified, um, the, the reaction <laughs> that I got was crazy because in my brain I was freaking out like my voice is shaking I know I'm just like bombing this but everyone was like what are you talking about you were fine I'm like no I wasn't I'm like you didn't hear my voice cracking and getting all nervous and like no (laughs) and I'm like are you sure like no you did great I'm like okay no I I totally bombed but you know you just being nice but whatever (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) but but yeah that was that was part of my journey um but I I definitely have to give credit to my son I think he really brought out a whole different side of me um, with writing. Um, And especially once, you know, I got that diagnosis of him having autism, it really changed my um, perception of the world and our environment around us. Like you really start to see the ignorance with people that you may have not really noticed before, because now I'm in an elite club of amazing parents who champion for their kids because you know they have special needs special abilities and unfortunately society still does not tolerate or appreciate or accept what is quote-unquote not the norm and i'm like well we live in a country that's really not normal so what is really normal anymore like what is normal right right so um yeah it's um i'm like where I'm at in my life now, I think, you know, I'm more at peace. I know I'm I'm more grounded as um as a woman and as being a mother has really just settled me a lot and has brought out more of um a determination drive that I didn't have when I was in my twenties. And I think that's really kind of um really impacted my writing because now I'm so more thoughtful and um, believing in more, um, being more in- inclusive when I'm writing. So I'm always thinking about those kids mm. that feel invisible, those kids that don't feel accepted, those kids that don't feel like they have a place in the world. So I always carry those kids in my heart when I'm writing. Um, and especially when I wrote this book, you know, I, um, my, my driving point was just, you know, um, when it's all said and done, I want my son to look back and say like, wow, my mom, wrote a book celebrating me and yeah, empowering me. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. if that if that's the greatest gift that I can give to him when it's all said and done, that's, you know, I did my job as a parent. So, yeah. Now, now take me back to the, to the diagnosis. Did you have, did you know much about autism before he was diagnosed? You know, it's crazy. The only thing I ever knew about autism, I remember watching a Dateline um, special on kids with autism. And they really didn't even go into like what exactly autism was. The only thing they talked about was that there was um, a certain type of therapy that these kids were um, using to help them to develop their, their communication. So, which a lot of kids still use it today, which is horse therapy. So they would ride horses you know, be around horses because there's a special connection. Horses are extremely smart, one of the smartest animals. And they can um, really feel the vibes of humans as far as, you know, um, sensing anything that's going on with them. So they they started noticing that 
when these kids with autism were around the horses or riding the horses or whatever, they started noticing that it was kind of opening, you know, a, a new avenue of communication with them. And that was like the only thing I had seen. So once my son was officially diagnosed, you know, as far as um, how I processed it, of course, like I was, I was upset. And when I tell people like I was upset, um, I don't want people to think like, you know, I lost my child or my child's not the same anymore or whatever. It was more like I was scared for him because of how cruel this world is. That the was world, more where yeah. I was, you know, that's where I was really um, becoming um, emotional for him. And, you know, and and as far as with me, it was like, am I up for the challenge of being the mom that he deserves? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I oh, absolutely. be that support system that he deserves? Because he didn't ask for any of this. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, mm -hmm. how can I help him navigate through this world and, and give him um, without me getting emotional, <laughs> without... Um, feeling like I failed him. Like, I, I don't ever want to look back and be like, you know, I could have did this or I could have did that. And um, yeah, once I kind of, because um, I, I processed that all by myself. Like, I really didn't have too many people around me. Now I have like the biggest support system ever. And that was really just networking with a lot of people through social media. But in the beginning, right. I just felt like I was so isolated. And like who who else in the world is going through what I'm going through right now to help my child? But now, like we're what five years in in our journey, and it's like a well oiled machine now. Like it's like all right, well we got we got a you know a home. Well now everything's virtual, so like okay, we got a virtual home session, and you know we got a doctor's appointment via you know video. Like now it's just like you know everything is scheduled, everything is on point. <laughs> in the beginning, yeah, it was yeah. like yeah, literally. <laughs> right. In the beginning, it was like, oh, my goodness, like, now we got to go to this evaluation and this event. Like, it was just nonstop evaluations. And that, it was like at one point it was just like, when is this going to end? And like he he was completely nonverbal back then, too. So it was like if you can imagine having a two and a half, three year old that can't talk at all and you're trying to figure out exactly what his sensory um limitations are like it was rough like that those yeah. years like people see my child now and he's you know um he's still in speech therapy he's been in speech therapy for the last four years yeah since he was three and he's seven now yeah for the last four years and just watching him how his speech has developed you know um hearing the first time him saying you know mom i love you and i bust out crying um mm him um able to have a conversation over the phone like if he's with his dad on the weekends and you know he'll you know his dad will call me and I'm like well let me talk to Levi and I'm like hey Levi you know are you having fun yeah mom I'm having fun and for the longest time it was like a one-way conversation but I never gave up like my whole thing like what I would tell his team is Listen, I'm not here to to compare my child to someone else's child. When he's ready to do it, he'll do it. And all I have to do on my end is just keep this going, keep encouraging him because his brain is like a sponge. Eventually, it's going to open up and he's going to he's just going to talk and won't stop. And that's where we're at now. Like he just I'll be on the phone and I'm like, Can you just <laughs> take it down a notch. I'm on the phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. It's like, be careful what you pray for, because you'll get it. <laughs> you'll get it. You're right. <laughs> now, when did you decide that you wanted to share Levi's story? When did you decide, all right, I want to write a book about his story? Um, I think it was really after I, I wrote two poetry books about, like, how I was feeling going through... Um, learning about his diagnosis and um, just things that I was scared, um, my fears and my um, even my mental health a little bit, like I touched on that because I really thought it was important for parents to kind of know that like it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Like it's, you know, parenthood is not easy on, on any type of level, but you add a child that has to have extra support and it's even more demanding, but, you know, your, the love for your child is going to override 
anything that you feel as though is an obstacle or um, what people may look at as just being um, too much to handle or whatever. But um, I think me sharing Levi's story really, um, I think, just wanted to show the world that one, I'm not ashamed of my child and autism is just a part of who he is. It's not, um, you know, he's just not a diagnosis to put it better that way. He's not a diagnosis. Like, yeah, he has autism and it's not, it's not a death wish. He's not dying from cancer. He's thriving. Um, he just processes his world and his environment, um, in a different way than everyone else does. And he deserves to have a quality life just like anyone else does. And um, and just like, you know, as he gets older, you know, and he looks back at things that mom posts or, you know, books that I've written, you know, I just want him to just say like, mom, I'm really proud of you. I think that's really at the end of the day, that's really what, what my, my motivation was that, you know, I just, as much as I'm proud of you as, as my child, I want you to be just as proud of me for, for going so hard for you and advocating for you. Mm. Now, now, walk me through your publishing uh, journey. You you had this idea. Now it was time to start taking steps to get this book out. What was you your know, journey in publishing? Yeah, and you know what? It's so crazy because I'm I still consider myself like wet behind the ears when it comes to being an author, being published. Um, I want to shout out my friend Ivy Lee. Um, Icy Lee. I'm sorry, Icy Lee, and um. She was the one that actually told me, if you go on Amazon, you know, they do a self-publishing, um, you know, for books and stuff. And I'm like, really? Because like, I, it was always a dream to to have a book published. But I'm like, that costs money, money that I don't have right now. I'm on a, a limited budget. And once I went on to Amazon and they have um, their own separate website that you can um, upload your, your manuscript, you can design the cover. You can set the price you want to sell the book for, all that stuff. And like once I started kind of doing that avenue, I was like, oh, this is this is amazing because really Amazon's only taking like a small percentage of what you make off the book, but I didn't have to put any money up front. Now with the adventures of um Echo Boy and ABC Girl, I of course had to um um put up some money because um, at that point I was like, you know what, it's time to, I need to invest in myself. I believe in myself enough and I believe in the story enough that it deserves to get a quality illustrator, you know, quality, um, artwork and, you know, a real type of, um, just real more well put together than trying to do it, you know, on, you know, Amazon and do it that route. So, um, yeah. So it's funny when people ask me because it's like, listen, um, don't let that hinder you from trying to publish because there's so many websites out there that'll help you to build your book and you don't have to put up money for it. Cause that's always kind of like the deterrent with, with trying to do anything is like, okay, well, how much money should I invest in? Is it going to be a loss or whatever? I'm not business minded, but that's just how my brain was thinking. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, it's kind of like, you know, if you believe in yourself enough, then definitely invest in yourself and invest in whatever you're, you know, you're, you're trying to, whatever story that you, you want to share to the world, if it's important enough for you, it's going to impact somebody. So, um, yeah, that was really just like my motivation. Um, but it, it was amazing how I even kind of got in contact with Reggie Byers because he illustrated a book, um, for a friend of mine and I was at an autism event and she was selling her book. So I was looking through the illustrations and I'm like, Oh, who, um, who illustrated your book? Cause I was kind of trying to look for someone, but they were giving me ridiculous quotes. And I'm like, I don't, I just bought a car. <laughs> I don't have that amount of <laughs> right, money right. to be dropping <laughs> on illustrations. Cause that, like the amount that they were talking about was like almost like a down payment for a car. And I'm like, you are crazy. Well, like, so the, the book almost didn't even, didn't even get published at that point. Cause I was like, I give up. I, I'm like, but you know what? No, I'm not going to, I said, things are, things happen the way they're supposed to happen. So she had told me, she's like, yeah, he's on Instagram and just look him up. And from there, 
this is where we're at now. And currently he is working on um, my second book because I wanted to do two solo books for Echo Boy and ABC Girl. So the first one coming out the gate is ABC Girl, which will be a coloring book story. So the kids can read the book, but they can also color the entire story. Um, and she's mm, going to go dope. through. Yeah. So she's going to go through the alphabet, drop a little bit of jewels on um, about autism in there a little bit. Um, this one's going to be geared towards the little girls. I want to empower the little girls first. So um, she's going to be talking about um, just a lot of great things that represent who she is and her personality. The second book which was very emotional for me to write um, for Echo Boy's book. And that one's going to be about teaching kids how to be brave. And this is specifically for kids who have suffered any type of trauma. Um, mm. My son, um, unfortunately, went through a very traumatic event uh, two years ago that he is currently going through uh, trauma therapy right now. So that kind of influenced me to kind of write this story it's gonna be a very short book and I also like um read the manuscript to his therapist and she was like this is perfect this is the perfect length and I was like bet if you co-sign it then I know you know I got Absolutely. the perfect yeah, length that's it. <laughs> right so I wanted to because it's, it's very important like certain things I think people don't want to talk about with kids because they think they won't understand it but kids there are plenty of kids who have you know, witness something traumatic or gone through something traumatic. Yeah. Right. And um, and I don't really get too deep into what the the um the the issue is that you need to be brave. It's going to be very generic, but it's going to hit home because no matter who's going to read it, it's going to relate to you because whatever level of, you know, um, like in the in the manuscript I wrote, you know, um Echo Boy had a terrible, terrible day. So I kind of wanted to just kind of take it to the kids level that they can understand it, but also not make it too, like, too dark and too, like, mm -hmm. almost borderline, like, negative. Because um, right, right. I don't want to re-traumatize a kid that's reading it that may have suffered some type of trauma. So, exactly. um, yeah. So, um, actually, I let um, Reggie read the manuscript because he's going to be working on both projects for me. And um, he was like, you almost made me choke up and really get emotional. I'm like, really? And he's like, I can feel your whole heart and soul in that. And I mm. said, you know, um, when I, it, that one, that's probably the shortest book that I, I, I wrote, but it, that one took the longest because I was pulling from, you know, having to revisit what my son experienced and, Unfortunately, because he wasn't as verbal as he is now, he to this day, he wouldn't be able to tell me what he um, emotionally what he was going through. But what I'm learning through his therapist is that um, a kid's brain will um, automatically, you know, kind of put it in a different compartment of where that trauma is. And even though he couldn't verbally say it, it's still processing in his brain. So something else could trigger him and all of a sudden he'll just have this burst of, you know, emotions and you don't even know where it's Emotion. coming from. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it was, that one was really emotional to write, but I knew this was a story that needed to be told. And I really hope that, you know, when parents read it to their kids or kids themselves, um, read it that, you know, um, I wanted to make sure when at the end of the story that, you know, they feel like there's someone that's supporting them. So I always I always want to make sure that my my characters kind of make you feel like, listen, I'm here and I'm here to support you and I'm proud of you. And um, that's kind of like my vision. I kind of get like so wrapped up in, in, in my characters, but I believe in them so much. Well, especially Echo Boy, because that's my son. And right. um, he's always to me, he's my real life superhero. And mm. um, especially, you know, even with ABC Girl, like I love that little girl to death. Like I really wish she was like a real live little girl because I'm like, you are just <laughs> amazing. You are so bomb. And I really just hope it empowers um, all types of kids, but especially, especially our black kids because especially what's going on right. in the world and, you know, um, 
unfortunately, with so much racism, so much hate in the world, I want them to feel empowered and celebrated and loved and appreciated. And that, listen, you are a superhero. Don't let nobody tell you any different. You are future kings and queens and, you know, hold mm-hmm. your head high. And yeah, that's that that that's really what's been fueling me. And the kids that um, the other characters that I created, um, I'll save that for another interview if you have me back. Because <laughs> I, I already developed all of them and all of them have special um, abilities. I don't like to say disabilities, but special special abilities. Um, and I created a villain. So um, it's really amazing. That book is really going to be about kindness. So that theme is really going to be teaching um, kids about just learning how to be kind to one another. And accepting kids that, you know, you may not understand, you know, why, you know, they are quote unquote different, but that doesn't make them less than everyone else, you know? So they have feelings, they have hopes and dreams, they have, you know, aspirations in life that doesn't um, deter them from being able to achieve any of that. So I'm really excited about that. Right, right. Now you touched on this a little bit and you talked about, children dealing with trauma and putting it in a little compartment in their brain and then obviously being open to those re-triggers. As we know, even childhood trauma, you can be re-triggered as an adult from something that happened when you were a kid. So how important is therapy um, in your child's life? Obviously in your life as well, because obviously you have a relationship with the therapist. So how important is therapy to you, to you too? It's extremely important. And I'm very transparent when I talk about a lot of things that affect me in my life. Um, Matter of fact, when I was um, in the process of having my son evaluated for what I thought maybe could be something outside of autism, um, sitting in the child psychologist's office talking about the the issue that happened two years ago actually kind of set me off. And I actually ended up having to go into therapy, which I've been in therapy since December. Um, And with talking with her, I was diagnosed with um, PTSD. And she said, listen, um, a lot of the events that I've, there's a lot of things that I've been through. I'm not going to go into that, but um, not realizing how my reaction to things was because I was in the middle of a PTSD episode and just didn't realize it. I didn't mm. hit a breaking point until the end of last year where, re- re- you know, talking about that event all over again triggered me like something bad. And I was like, something is not right. Like, I'm like agitated all the time. I can't sleep. Um, my appetite was off. Um, having headaches. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just I feel like I need to reach out and talk to somebody. And that's probably the best thing I ever did, because if I'm not the best um version of myself i can't be the best version for my son and especially Mm -hmm. if he's going through um trauma therapy um i need to be an even bigger support system to help him navigate through that and i had to go to battle with a school to try to sit down and explain from the principal to the entire team including his his teacher that i that's a whole nother topic. You have to bring me back for it to talk about his teacher. But <laughs> <laughs> that woman. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I had to sit there and explain to them because they were like, I, I kept getting phone calls because he was having an increase in behaviors. Now that I'm kind of figuring out what's triggering him, he's not academically challenged enough. Like my son is extremely smart. Like right now they're trying to do like kindergarten stuff. And I'm like, my son's about to go into second grade and we're already doing basic addition and subtraction. Why are we still going over A through Z? He already knows that. He knows the sight words. Right. He's already ahead. learning how to how to read. Now, this is a kid who, who wasn't verbal up until he was about three and a half, almost four. So I'm extremely proud of the progress that he's making. But, you know, people in the um, in the teaching field Shout out to all the teachers and and the amazing things that they do. But there are some teachers who get very complacent about because they've done their job for the longest. They feel as though you can't tell them anything or principals feel like you can't tell them anything. But I'm 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 such a a mama bear 
when I sit in those IEP meetings <laughs> and I sit in those meetings at school because I told them, I said, listen, I've also experienced trauma. So I definitely, I may not understand autism because my brain isn't wired like that and I don't have autism, but the trauma thing, I definitely can um, connect with my son on that because it could be something like a smell or a certain noise that that's repeating itself over and over and over and over and over again. That'll trigger me. Um, if I get something that'll like slightly agitate me, it'll like just ramp up and I'm like, all right, I got to like kind of bring myself back down. I got to meditate or something so I can connect with him on that level. And they have to sit there and explain it three, five, 15, 20 times. It kind of gets redundant. And then I'm kind of getting annoyed because I'm like, if I gave you a whole explanation of what my son is going through, either you're not listening, you don't care or both. And this is why like it's so prevalent to kind of like keep advocating for not just special education, but mental health is just as important um, too, because like I told his behavior team, I said, listen, um, the autism side of it, that's going to be part of his personality. That's part of who he is. Um, what's triggering him right now is the trauma effect right now. And his mental health is more important than, oh, well, this is the most appropriate classroom for him right now. No, it's not. Because if it's a trigger point for him, that's where I need to address it. And that's where my concern is. Like the autism, that I'm I'm not even concerned about because, you know, he's going to find his place in the world and he's going to navigate and learn how the best way he can. And there's nothing wrong with that. What I'm concerned about is I don't want him, him to have to keep reprocessing things in his brain that were traumatic over and over and over and over again. And I said, as he gets older, it's just going to be even harder for him to kind of get those coping skills if we don't teach him how to get those coping, those coping skills now. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I can I can tell uh, the difference just by your interview. But what, what do you think the difference is between your writing uh, style for, for children and other books out there? Um, you know, it's really fascinating. And shout out to like, I'm always shouting out somebody, but I, I, I have to appreciate <laughs> like all of the authors that I've I've. Um, I've either talked to on social media or I've met at book festivals, which is so heartbreaking that all of them been canceled this year. But um, I know I, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I met a lot of them last year, but when I do, and I, I'm always supporting other authors. Um, plus, I, you know, I also want to build my son's, um, um, you know, his, his little library of books. So I'm always supporting, you know, local artists and, and, and local um, authors. Um, I feel like with me, um, and this is what I've been told, but I, I've kind of noticed it too. Like when I'm writing, even before you get the illustrations, if I send you like a copy of my, of my manuscript, I paint a picture of what I'm talking about. So you, you'll kind of almost get an understanding of like possibility of like what the book may look like visually before you visually get the book, if that makes any sense. So it's like, even when I used to write mm -hmm. poetry and I would, you know, send it to one of my friends, like, I just want some feedback. What do you think about this? And they're like, wow, like, it's almost like you put me right in, in, in that room or I'm experiencing that emotion you were experiencing or, um, and for whatever reason, I don't do this on purpose, but for whatever reason, people start crying and I don't do that on purpose, but I think because I do write <laughs> with a lot of emotion and it's like, I'm not purposely trying to make you cry. Like I almost feel bad. I'm like, no, 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 this is amazing. But I really did get emotional and I'm like, I am not doing this on purpose. I promise you I'm not. But I really feel like um, be as fearless as if you're as if you want someone to to write that for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that makes any sense, like mm -hmm. when I write, like I, I want you to come away from it exactly how I felt when I was writing it. So if I'm writing a poetry about me, um, a poem about me being you know, really anxious and worried and scared about my son when he got diagnosed, which I did write a poem about that. Um, I want you to feel that even if you don't have a child that was diagnosed with autism, 
I really want to invoke empathy. Like I'm sick of the, 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 the sympathy, like there needs to be more empathy. Like I want you to feel what mm. it feels like to go through this journey with a black child with autism, because the way this country's set up right now, um, is not the, the society is not, um, tolerant of either. And that's just being bluntly honest. Like, you know, I, I, every day I worry about my child, you know what I'm saying? Because he's not going to be a cute seven year old forever. He's going to be 17. He's going to be 27. He's going to be 37 and I'm not going to be around forever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of things that run through my brain that I like, how can I mainstream that? So people can kind of like, I just want to pull at your heartstrings and get you to see what through my eyes, what I see from my point of view as a, as a single parent raising a child with special needs and also a black child. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very important that, you know, people kind of, um, stop having those blinders on and kind of broaden what their, their environment is. And there's so much going on, not just you know, my situation and what I'm struggling with. And yeah, everyone's individual struggles are valid, but it's also important to validate everyone else's. And just because it doesn't affect you directly mm. doesn't mean you should not care about it. So yeah, that's really how I kind of, I view things. If that answered your question, I'm so long-winded with answers, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Now, you talked about building your son's library. I want to I want to know about two reactions. I want to know what your reaction was when you first opened that box and got that physical copy of your book. And I also want to know what the reaction was like when you showed it to him. Oh, without getting emotional. <laughs> you really asked me. And I'm like, I'm sitting here like, I am not going to cry on this interview. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. No. Listen, I got to rub. I'm, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Um, The first time, <laughs> the first time I saw my book, I cried. Like, I really did cry because um, it was so much hard work into it because you got to think like I, I wrote this book last year. I was working full time. I'm a single parent taking my son to school. Um, that's when everything was, you know, back to normal. So physically going to, to uh, therapy sessions and doctor's appointments and picking them up, taking them to school and taking them um, to outings on the weekends and trying to do the whole, you know, co-parenting thing. And in the middle of all of that, writing this book. So to see it, you know, a physical copy of it. It's like almost having like another child. Like that's how I, I view um, all of my characters. I mean, of course, Echo Boy is my son, but ABC Girl, that's my, that's my daughter. You know, that's how I look at her. Mm -hmm. And once I see the second book come, like it's going to be like another child has been born. Like that's how I, I, I look at it. And when he saw it and, um, oh my goodness, like, he was looking at the cover and the book is very colorful, which was such an amazing idea that um, Reggie did when he was doing the illustrations was to make it so colorful and so positive when you look at the book and read the book. Um, yeah, um, he was just like, wow. And now he's just <laughs> like, I'm Echo Boy. And of course, like I, I kind of had to hold back tears like when I hear that. But like that was really the whole purpose. Like, yes. Like you are, right, right. You, you know, you are a superhero and just empowering him and giving him that confidence. So, yeah. Yeah, that's was it was awesome. It was such an awesome feeling. Mm. So Now, your book, The Adventures of Echo Boy and ABC Girl. Now, this is a book about two kids who have autism and want to show the world that kids with autism are just like anyone else. They meet a boy named Michael and learn that he's being bullied. It's a story of showing acceptance of differences and that there is a superhero inside every one of us. And we are all amazing in our own way. So now we got a little bit of, we got a little bit about the character uh, Echo Boy. Obviously, it's based off your son. Right. So developing this character, you have the idea for it. You talked about it a little bit when you discussed the the illustrators and the prices and, and, and the things like that. Linking up with Reggie, 
um, your illustrator. How did you know, at what point did you know you could trust them with something, a story and a character so close to you? Oh man. Um, first of all, Reggie is just, he, he has such a, a giving heart and, and, and such, um, a positive aura about him. Um, when I started talking about, um, just Echo Boy in the beginning, and this is even before, you know, he did the initial sketching of Echo Boy. Um, I was just telling him like the ideas that I was having and, he was just so encouraging, you know, like I've talked to other illustrators like prior to him and it was almost like it was just just about business. Like, OK, so how do you want the character to look? And OK, well, just email uh. me, you know, once you get the story together, just send that to me. But with him, it was just like a back like he was feeding off of my ideas and then I was feeding off of just his energy of being excited of my character. So when I was talking about Echo Boy and I was like. Um, just every little detail, he was just so meticulous about how, you know, really paying attention to the details that I wanted to give him. And he was just so, you know, just so, um, what's the right word? So, um, not empathetic, but he really just took his time and energy into making sure that he did those characters justice. Just like when I was describing ABC Girls, I wanted her to be you know, um, a black little girl with the poofy little ponytails because she reminded me of like little girls that I would see at events. And, um, and I was pulling for like, you know, from, from just seeing little girls at school when I would take my son to school and at events. And I'm like, yeah, this is how I want her to look. And when he came back with that initial sketch and that was before like the coloring and all that, I was like, this is the guy. Like, I didn't even have to tell him to like change too much of anything. And after that, mm. it's just been such an amazing relationship between me and him. Um, and even um, he worked on a recent project with me. Um, I'm really heavily involved in advocating for, for autism. And um, I participate in the Eagles Autism Challenge because I love my birds. And um, <laughs> <laughs> go Eagles. But um I had came up with an idea to um, have team shirts for me and Levi when we did the sensory walk. So, of course, I hit up um, Reggie about it. And I was like, so I'm thinking I want to do like a little updated version of Echo Boy and ABC Girl, but have them in Kelly Green and the Midnight Green to kind of pay homage to when I first fell in love with the Eagles, which was when they were wearing the Kelly Green uniforms and kind of updated to now where, you know, my son now he's getting into football and now they're wearing a midnight green. Um, and then I said, um, I wanted to, you know, make sure they we have like the Echo Boy logo, Echo Boy and ABC Girl logo behind them. And what was crazy, um, I had started developing this idea right before Kobe and Gigi passed away. So once Kobe and Gigi had passed away, I was like, you know what? It's only fitting that we pay homage to Kobe Bryant and his daughter because Kobe was such a big Eagles fan. So I hit up, right, and it's so right. it's so fluid with with Reggie because I'll just like, ran, he's so used to my random messages that I'll send him. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got another idea. I'm like, I don't know if you started this sketching yet, but here's another idea. I was like, I want to do um, the jersey numbers of 24 and two. Because 24, of course, was, you know, one of Kobe's um, jersey numbers. But two was also his daughter's jersey number when she was playing basketball. And I said, it's only right that, um, you know, just kind of pay like a small little um, tribute to, to the both of them. And, um, yeah, just the, the and I should have sent you a picture of it. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll email it to you <laughs> after. But, um the design just came out so great. And I use a quote from Dr. Seuss is, um, why fit in when you were born to stand out? So, mm. um, yeah, it just, it, it came out really amazing. It's just so easy with him. Like, um, like right now he's in the process of writing, um, ABC girls book, which is ABC girl and the wonderful world of ABC. So she's kind of taking you through a journey 
through the ABCs in a fun way, but you get the color of the entire book. So he was sending me sketches and I'm like, oh my God, this book is going to look so cute. I want to color it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big kid. So I'm like, I can't wait. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's just, he's such a, um, and I want to give him his flowers you now because he's so talented. He's been in the game for so long. Um, and he's working on a couple of projects of his own that of course I'm, I'm definitely supporting, but, um, yeah, he's, it's just been a, an absolute joy and a pleasure to work with him. Like I, and I, and it's, you don't find that with a lot of people nowadays, right. but it's been an absolute joy to work with him. Now, also in your story, besides, um, introducing like the elements, some of the elements and some of the characteristics of autism. You also touch on a couple other topics, um, bullying and also uh, ch a child emotionally dealing with his parents' divorce. And I found mm -hmm. that uh, I found that to be real unique for a writer. And it seems and this goes back to my, like I say, your style. It seems like you write with so much purpose, and you're and you're allowing kids to be emotional. Like, but like you said earlier, parents are so scared to have these these discussions. And right. I definitely appreciate when a writer can allow children to be emotional and to, and, to, and to tap into their emotions. So why was that important to have those type of topics in the book? And did you always know you were going to have those or did it kind of come along while you were creating the book? Um, you know, as I got to the middle of the book, um, I was trying to figure out, OK, so we're, we're, we're talking about bullying, but. We need like almost like a, a climax of the book, like a, a almost like a, oh, OK, like that part of the book. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. what am I going to talk about? Like, there's always a rhyme and reason for everything. And there's always, um, especially with kids, there's always a reason behind behaviors, whether they're positive or negative. And a lot of times adults don't pay. They don't pay attention to that. They're just looking at the behaviors. And I, I kind of pull from like when I got a sit in these IEP meetings and explain like why my son is having X, Y, and Z behaviors. Well, there's always a reason like there's, it's never a random, like, oh, okay. I just want to, you know, not sit down and not, you know, I just want to have a meltdown or where there's always a reason behind everything. So I kept brainstorming and I said, well, what would be the reason why this, this little boy, Brandon is picking on Michael on top of the fact that he's not understanding what autism is, but there's a reason why he feels as though he needs to have that type of behavior towards Michael. So I was like, well, you know what? What a lot of kids experience is divorce. And it's, and it's almost like people don't want to talk about that. But I grew up with a lot of, a lot of friends who had parents that were divorced. And I know a lot of friends now who are going through a divorce or who have been divorced. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it was like, why not talk about that? Because it's so prevalent now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of kids who aren't in a two parent household, whatever the circumstances that cause that not to be a two parent household. But kids are going through that. And if they don't have someone to talk to, why like why dad isn't living with us anymore or why mom isn't living with us anymore? the next thing is to exhibit those behaviors and take it out on someone else. And like, there's always a quote that I use, hurt people, hurt people. So if mm. you're experiencing pain, um, unfortunately you want someone else, like almost that saying like misery loves company kind of thing. Like if you're going right, through right. something and you don't know how to process it, why not bring someone else into that, that level of experiencing that same, uh, you know, that same amount of pain that you're experiencing. So, yeah, that's really why I wanted to um, really kind of put that in the book. So. Now, along with ABC Girl, can we see any other characters uh, joining teams with Echo Boy? Yes. So. And I was I was going to wait and talk about those characters, but I'm, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> for, for these characters. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So the next, well, uh, we'll talk about the, the heroes first and then I'll get into the villain. So while during quarantine and they just like, it just came to me and I just was writing, 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 writing. So the next three, um, the first character is Halo. 
Halo is a Hispanic little girl that is in a wheelchair. And uh, she's the she's going to be the tech girl of the group. So she's really into computers, um, into gadgets. Um, and her name is Selena. So a.k.a. Halo. The next character is Andrew. Andrew is um, a Caucasian little boy. He has prosthetic arms and his superhero name is Android. So he has um, superhero strength. Um, and I'm not quite finished developing like his backstory with him but that's what i got so far with him the third character is actually a service dog and her name is kiana aka kiki and she's actually selena's service dog she's an emotional support dog so um i won't give away what her her special powers are because people like to take ideas and stuff so i'm not gonna get into right, that right, right. But it's, leave something. <laughs> yeah yeah leave something for the imagination but um yeah she's gonna be a big dog really cute um i'm just so so excited like and i was you know telling of course telling reggie like listen this is gonna be a juggernaut for me to write for next year because now i got to introduce you know these three characters and then i developed a um a uh, a villain her name is Jemina and she's a middle eastern um girl so i'm trying to keep it really diverse too so that right. you know um and you know no matter what your your nationality is your ethnicity when you read this well whenever i, I start you know writing this book and you see these characters you're like wow like not only is she hispanic but she's in a wheelchair and you know, this kid has prosthetic arms and this little girl, um, you know, there's ABC girl and then there's, oh, and I have an emotional support dog, you know, a service dog, you know, just really trying to bring a lot of things that I've been exposed to and that I've seen and that, that I know personally or just um, really appreciating the special needs community and the disability community that, you know, we need to celebrate these kids and adults more and reflect them in children's literature. The villain, um, Jemina, her villain name is going to be Dr. Arrogant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, I'm just excited. Like, I'm I'm so excited. Like, I told Reggie, so when you make that, like, initial promo poster of all the kids, and the villain, like I'm, I'm literally probably going to bust out crying. Like every time he would send me an illustration from Adventures of Echo Boy and ABC Girl, I would like message him back, like you know I'm crying, right? He's like, sis, like I really just appreciate. I'm like, no, you just have like when I'm writing and I visually see in my, you know, when I'm writing, like this is how I think it's going to look. But then when he brings it to life, I'm like, this was so beyond yeah. my expectation, you know? So right, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what what goes through your mind when you're developing these characters? Because obviously you can go in so many different routes with them. Um, right. You know what I mean? So what what goes in your mind of making sure you have diversity in these books and, and then taking these um, conditions that these children have and turning them into superpower strength? So what, what what's the mindset behind that? Well, I'm such a um, fanatic when it comes to superhero movies. So if you really like break it down a little bit, like if you go to like even Spider-Man and how he has um, he's really sensitive to like sounds and stuff. And I'm like, that really reminds me of kids on the spectrum of like there's a lot of kids who can't take um, loud noises. And then if you look at um, Rogue, like when she touches people, she absorbs their power. Right. Or like she yeah. she doesn't mean to hurt them, but like, you know, she can't touch anybody because if she does, she takes she kind of like draws life out of them or draw draws their powers out of them or whatever. And I'm like, if you really think about it, like a lot of these well-known superheroes, they kind of remind me of, you know, kids on the spectrum. And, you know, shout out to Stan Lee, who's the OG of, you know, making these characters who also did Black Panther and Miles Morales, that he was so ahead of his time with being inclusive with representation. You know what I'm saying? So um, mm -hmm. I think I just wanted to really just kind of, I don't want to, I'm not going to say carry the torch because that's so being narcissistic, 
but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even on that level. But I think just um, just appreciating what he did, and you know, you have generations after generations loving these characters. Um, it's about time that we have kids that we see every single day, adults that we see every single day, and turn them into superheroes because that's what they really are. That's how I view them. Now, what what can we expect next from you and from the Echo Boy series? I know you mentioned a bunch of books that you're writing, a bunch of new characters that you mm-hmm. created. So, what what's next? What can we expect next from you? Um, I want to work on a website so that everything is um just in one spot. So if people want to get t-shirts, if they want to buy a book, they want to download coloring pages. Um, I plan on trying to do another live book reading. Um, I did a couple back in March um, with my son. We actually would dress up in costumes. Like one time it was a Black Panther theme. So I was one of the soldiers, one of the female soldiers from Black Panther. He was Black Panther. Oh, that's hot. Um, one time I was Ariel. He was Prince Eric, but he didn't want me to call him Prince Eric. He wanted to be King Levi. I said, okay, we'll rock with that. You're <laughs> King Levi. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was another time I just dressed up like somebody from the 80s. So just try to make it fun. And then I was doing giveaways. So kids got <clears throat> a free copy of my book. They would get a T-shirt. They would get stickers. So I think I'm going to keep doing that until this quarantine thing is over. Um, unfortunately, I, I had like three events that I was supposed to do this summer, but they all got canceled. Um, so I think I just want to... Um, continue to do um, stuff online just to keep being engaged with, you know, kids and, you know, just, Hey, don't forget about me. And, you know, the book, <laughs> we're still here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so hopefully um, once everything calms down and we can get back to some sort of normalcy and a safe, you know, for public events, um, I definitely want to be back, you know, interacting with, parents and kids and get them excited about you know echo boy and abc girl and will be even more exciting is by time i'll do another event um hopefully you know the 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 big book will be done with all of the characters and the um them trying to fight against the villain to you know keep spreading kindness and acceptance so i'm i'm just super excited for for that to come out like I, I can't wait I'm, I'm just beyond yeah. excited <laughs> now, now tell everybody where they can find the book at where they can reach out to you <laughs> social media everything I'm a very social person on social media so you can find me on Instagram <laughs> echo boys mom 82 and then I have my page for the book which is echo boy ABC girl um so you can find me on those two pages I'm on Twitter Levi's mom, 82. I'm on Facebook, Shantae Douglas. Um, yeah. So hit me up, you know, send me a message, follow me. I'm, I'm very social. I love talking to people online and you can find the book on Amazon. So it's the adventures of ABC, uh, the adventures of Echo Boy and ABC Girl. Um, and I got ABC Girl in my brain, but, um, once <laughs> ABC Girl's book is done, I'm trying to figure out what platform I'm going to make that available. And um, once I do, I'll, I'll make sure that's out on all my pages um, so that people can buy that and support that. So, Boom. All right. This was the Fiction Addiction Podcast. And this was Shantae Douglas. Shantae, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.